Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. Okay, we're going to open God's Word now. So please open your Bibles as I read together with you guys, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised, among the survivors that the Lord calls. Hi, my name's Marianne, and I'll be doing the Bible reading today. Reading from Acts chapter 11, 18 to 30. When they heard this, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, So then, God has given repentance resulting in life even to the Gentiles. Now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. This took place during the reign of Claudius. Each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea. They did this, sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. It's great to be with you today. There we were this week at uh, our eldership and staff meeting, and we were praying or reading the Bible or doing some vital piece of administration, I don't remember what, but there was that lull in the conversation. It went quiet, and all of a sudden we heard... And you know somebody had left their phone on, and that was the ringtone. It was one of the elders, and I'll let you guess who it might have been. And it got me to thinking, there's that tune, it's Mission Impossible, right? And I thought to myself, there's the theme, mission unstoppable. 
Because that's what Acts is all about. It's about the unstoppable mission of the risen King Jesus Christ. And so with that in mind, we're going to delve into really doing a complete overview of chapters 1 to 11 of the book of Acts. It's going to be a, uh, an impossible task at so many levels, so I'm going to ask the Lord to help us. Why don't you join me and we'll talk to our Father in heaven. Let's pray together. Our Father God, we adore you in your glory for which you are worthy and for your unmerited grace to us. We confess that in our frailties and our failings, we are not worthy to come even into your presence. And yet through Jesus, we can. And we rejoice to serve you. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us from our sins and to offer us life eternal. And so we pray that you would enable us now by your spirit at work in us to submit ourselves to your word to encourage us to surrender ourselves completely to your mission in this world, the unstoppable mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm very thankful to the guys who write the Bible Project. They've done a lot of that work already in giving us an overview of what's happened in the story so far for Jesus' unstoppable mission. And this week, many of us will be gathering together in our growth groups, and John Cowan has produced some studies for us so that we can dig deeper into those chapters we had read for us from Joel and uh, chapter 11 in Acts. But for the time being, I just wanted to orientate us with uh, a little reading I picked up this week uh, from one of the study books by a fellow called John Stott. Uh, his book called Seeing the Spirit at Work, uh, he says this, According to the New Testament, Jesus is historical. He really lived, he died, he rose, and is ascended, according to the witness of the apostles. Jesus is also theological. He has saving significance, as interpreted by the scriptures. And he is contemporary. He lives and reigns to bestow salvation on all those who believe in him. And he confronts men and women with the necessity of decision. And so today we're going to be looking at an overview under three headings, which I've drawn from that, because basically Stott's saying that Jesus is historical, as in he's a, an historical reality. Uh, he's theological, as in he's revealed by the word of God. And he's contemporary, as in he's relevant. So he is a reality, he's revealed, and he's relevant. So that's uh, kind of our three points we're looking at together today. So the first thing I want us to consider is this, that Jesus is an historical reality. He's a man in history. And Luke, in his uh, second companion volume to his gospel, uh, this book of Acts, makes it very clear that he wants the details historically rooted. He's not a novelist. He's a physician, and he's an historian. And he explains his purpose clearly, both in the book of Luke, in chapter 1 and uh, one, uh, verses 1 to 4, but also at the beginning of Acts. Let me read for you where he says this. Chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In my former book, Theophilus, the guy he's writing to, I wrote all about what Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he'd chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And so here what we have 
is an historical account amongst many, both of followers of Jesus and those who are not followers of Jesus, confirming that Jesus was a real man in history, a man who lived, who taught, who did miraculous things, who died on a cross, and who was raised from the dead according to the testimony of many and ascended into heaven according to the eyewitnesses. And so this message about Jesus, who he was and what he did and what it means for us, what is referred to as the good news or the gospel, this message came through the agencies of messengers. The agencies, uh, agency of messengers, men and women just like you and me. And so really what was the mission of Jesus as one man on earth, God, eternal, in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, became the ministry and the mission of Jesus in heaven through his messengers. His message going through his messengers. In fact, Jesus says to them uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says to his apostles to continue his unstoppable mission. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and through to the ends of the earth. So the Spirit, the means by which God enables this message to go out, the Spirit, the person, the third in the Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, he comes to indwell his people, as we read about in the Pentecost event in Acts 2, and enables them to boldly proclaim the truth of the gospel about Jesus. They are the apostles, if you like, with the big A. Uh, today, who receives the Spirit? Well, that's us. When we come to faith in Jesus through the power of the Spirit, we become apostles with a little a, if you like, those sent by Jesus to share the good news of who he is. And so people in history have come to believe in the risen Jesus uh, through those, the apostles who saw with their own eyes, preserved for us in the Bible, but also through the testimony of people like us. We heard last week, didn't we, from our brother Daniel and the transformation that God has done in his life. And, and many of us will share a similar story about God's work in us as testimony to Jesus and his work in our lives. So here Jesus commissions his apostles and witnesses. He sends his spirit to empower his witnesses. And then the book of Acts really shows us how God fulfilled his ancient promises to restore his blessing, not only to his chosen people, the Jews, but also to all nations. He did this through the offspring of Abraham, through many generations until God's own son Jesus is born. The good news and the testimony of how Jesus brings healing through his death and hope through his resurrection. Now, the book of Acts is uh, broken up uh, in, into kind of acts, really. I don't know if you like the theater, but my family and I enjoy going to the theater and musicals. We thank God for the intermission in the middle. But normally what you have is sort of act one, two, and three, if you like. In acts, we have a breakdown, which is kind of like four acts to help orientate us. You saw a little of that in the Bible Project video. And as we go together over these coming weeks through acts, we're going to be using this book uh, as a kind of touchstone uh, by a guy called David Cook, Teaching Acts. And uh, that's going to be our go-to to kind of shape the sermons and our growth group studies together in the weeks ahead. And uh, as we think about the structure of Acts, well, there's many ways in which we can do that because Acts is one book, a volume companion to uh, Luke, in a whole compendium, a, a library, if you like, of the 66 books of the Bible, the revealed word of God. So firstly, having explored the reality of who Jesus is in history, I also want us to look secondly now 
at the fact that God has revealed these things to us through his word. The mission of the risen King Jesus is unstoppable because it has been revealed. Now, um, Jesus and his mission is revealed in scripture. And we as God's people want to think theologically. Theologically is um, a word that comes from two Greek words, theos, which means God, and logos, which means logic or wisdom. So if you like, we want to think thoughts after God, to think his wisdom with him. And we can do this through, well, a few ways. Um, it says in the scriptures in, in Romans chapter 20, uh, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 20, for since the, the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal uh, power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what he has made. So the people are without excuse. So creation testifies to the creator God. And beyond this, we read in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, that he has revealed by his spirit through people uh, in the past, speaking to our ancestors, speaking through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in Hebrews, we go on to read as well that he is revealed in the personhood, his purpose of his, uh, in the person of his son, Jesus. It says, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. And so these quotes from the Bible outside the book of Acts show us how the mission of the risen King Jesus has been and always will be God's radical plan for transforming people to understand that Jesus is indeed Lord, that all the promises made in history by God are summed up in him. He is the one who reveals the fullness of God's plan. Now, we could track through Acts in a variety of ways. We could track through Acts geographically and look at that promise that Jesus made that his apostles would be his witnesses through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We could do it personally because there are many characters in there. Uh, there's Peter, there's Paul, there's Stephen, there's Philip. There's a whole host of people. In fact, we could also look at the goodies and the baddies and see how they react with one another. Or we could look at the message itself, the word of God which spread in Acts 6, the word of the Lord which continued to grow in Acts 12, the word of the Lord which continued to grow mightily in Acts 19. We might choose to use literary markers. We might choose to well, take a whole array of approaches. But I think the best way to look at the book of Acts is to think about it in terms of the whole council of Scripture. There's a little marker throughout that says it was necessary. It was necessary for this to happen and that to happen so that the news of Jesus, that unstoppable gospel news, would continue beyond the chosen people and through Samaria, what were described as the, the dogs, if you like, the half-breeds, those who'd intermarried with the nations, and indeed out to the nations, miraculously, where there is no boundary other than a willingness to come to the Lord Jesus and receive by faith and repentance the truth of who he is. And so the best way to read God's revelation is to find those threads throughout all scriptures that testify to the fulfillment of God's promises in Jesus. I've, looking this week, found about 30, I think 30 direct quotes from the Old Testament, or the Tanakh, in the book of Acts. And some of those are illustrative, some of those are direct fulfillment. I think uh, when we look at Joel and uh, the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost, that's a direct fulfillment of the promise of God, to send his Spirit to dwell in the hearts of his people. But um, I'm going to leave that with you to look at in your growth groups over the week ahead and uh, see if you can mine some of those wonderful treasures. So the reality of Jesus and his unstoppable mission is revealed. But thirdly, 
I also want us to note that it is relevant. The mission of the risen King Jesus is mission unstoppable because it is relevant for our world. You see, in a world like ours, in the Western world especially, there's no moral certainty. In fact, I would go so far as to say that there is moral uncertainty. The people of the Western nations don't share a consensus about the basis on which to ground morality. Think about this with me. Is gender a personal choice? Or is it a genetically determined biological reality? Why is it wrong for one person to better his or her own situation at the expense of another person's? Does the precious human life begin at conception or at birth? Is euthanasia a kindness or a murder? Is it right to force our whole community into imprisonment and the global economy into a downturn in favour of sick or old people who are going to die soon anyway? You see, these are profound moral questions. And we are scientifically so advanced and we are materialistically so wealthy and yet our scientific thinking and our material wealth cannot answer these questions. But the gospel of Jesus offers moral certainty. The gospel of Jesus is relevant. And the gospel says that there is evil and there is good. And the gospel says these are determined by God. We know the gospel is good. We believe it. And we speak it and we seek to live it out. And it is our responsibility to make this known. And at a time like this, where we seem to have lost our moral compass and people are desperate for answers, but particularly in the context of this COVID crisis, we as God's messengers have a responsibility and an opportunity to share the hope that we have in Jesus because he is relevant. Now, a little book I want to put you on to, I'm sorry to say I didn't manage to finish reading it this week, but halfway through and I'm pretty encouraged by it, uh, is a book by John Lennox called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Now, if I get to the end of it and change my mind, I'll let you know next week. But I think for the most part, this seems a very helpful little booklet to give to friends and neighbors who perhaps are searching as a, a bit of a segue, a bit of an opportunity to start talking more about the relevance of the Lord Jesus Christ in a morally uncertain world where the coronavirus seems to be our primary concern. You know what Churchill said, never let a good crisis go to waste. May we not let this COVID crisis go to waste because we are part of this mission unstoppable of the risen King Jesus. It traveled from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and out of the ends of the earth. It's gone from Antioch to Rome to the ends of the earth in Jesus' day. The gospel continues to grow through Cote d'Ivoire and the Philippines and Indonesia to the ends of the earth today. It's come to Australia and to the Hawkesbury and even to Pitdown, which is the ends of the earth by anybody's standards, I reckon. So my word, what an incredible, unstoppable gospel mission this is. And it will continue. And brothers and sisters, I want to leave us with just three things to think about by way of our response. How might we, during the week ahead, respond to this unstoppable gospel mission of which we are part, as Jesus today has us as his messengers with his message by means of his spirit to testify to the man Jesus Christ. Well, firstly, this, read Acts. It's a great start to read the book we're going to be studying together. So find an hour this week and read Acts and, and read it in context. If you can find another hour, why not read Luke 2? The beginning of the mission and the end of the mission. Or is it? Read it and 
perhaps also begin to make reference to, in your Bible, you know that line down the middle between the texts, the concordance, start to cross-reference and look back to some of those promises in the Old Testament and see the ways in which those are fulfilled in the activity of Jesus, both in his ministry personally and through others. And, um, and expect, secondly, as you read the Word of God, to hear God speak to you. You know, God speaks today through his word and his spirit in us will testify to who Jesus is and why we are here. And in times that are uncertain where nobody's making plan, the risen Jesus, remember, has a plan for your life and mine. Spend time asking God as you read through what part he would like you to play, your family to play, our church to play. And again, thank you so much already to those who've responded to the survey. It's enormously helpful as we try and think through moving forward together. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please do respond and tell us where you have needs. Tell us where we can help and where perhaps the Lord is prompting you to help so that we can work together as God's family to serve and love one another. And thirdly, so firstly, read Acts. Secondly, read Acts with God. And thirdly, let us read Acts recognizing that it all is about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have a message to proclaim, and the Lord will proclaim that message through us that we might be a blessing to others, to our new brothers and sisters we've never met, and to those who are brothers and sisters to encourage us together to keep looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, like the apostles, you and I have a part to play. We are his messengers. The gospel is still the news about the risen King Jesus. The gospel is the message. And like Peter and Stephen and James and Paul, we have been transformed by the power of the Spirit and we continue to be transformed together. We're on a mission and it's mission unstoppable. It's yours to choose whether you will accept it. This sermon will self-destruct in three, two, one.